Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Aces with love is stopped. Picked up by Gray. She can go coast to coast. There's three. There's two. She's going to launch from three. Chelsea Gray for three. Unbelievable. It's the TC Martin Show. Jackie's got it. Aces got numbers three on two. To Plum for three. KP, ring it up. Boom, shaka, waka, waka, boom. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. TC Martin. To Bay, she's open for three. She sees it. She's got the bucket. One, two, three times for Bay Bay. TC Martin. And you got that right. Money won't change it. Raquana, Bay Bay Williams. This is the greatest show. The ball is in the air. The Las Vegas Aces have won their very first WNBA championship. The doctor is now here. Uh, And here we go. Inescu looking to inbound. Lobs it into Stewart. Stewart has it. Stewart has it with six. Alicia Clark on her. Jumper from the corner. Count of it goes. It doesn't go. John Quill Jones. Too late. Aces win. Aces win. The Las Vegas Aces have won the championship in 2023. Back to back titles. Boom. Shaka waka waka boom. The celebration is on. The Aces have done the improbable. They come into the game with eight healthy players getting their first victory on this floor here at the Barclays Center. And they do it in dramatic, emphatic fashion. Backs against the wall. Down by 12 points. Playing only seven players. Willing their way to a historic victory here tonight. And they win the game 70 to 69. I've taken my bows and my curtain calls. Las Vegas, inside the world-famous Superbook, we talk Las Vegas Aces today with my right-hand man, Marco D'Angelo, in the house. Jay Cornegay will join us a little bit later on. Plus, we got NFL talk. College football, Major League Baseball, postseason playoffs, jam-packed show coming your way today. And, of course, best bets on a Friday. But, yes, we are in still celebration mode with the Las Vegas Aces being the first team in 21 years to go back-to-back championships. Marco, what's going on, my friend? Incredible game. You said seven players. It was really six players because Christian Bell had one minute. Yeah. One minute in, in the game. And uh, incredible. Uh, I was at a sports bar, and uh, you know, I go there quite often, and there was football going that night. There was baseball going that night. But my server that takes care of me, we had the big jumbo screen on the aces, had sound in the back room, and uh, it was a fun time. Uh, wish I could have been there and, you know, seen that. You know, we got it. We got the win. Would love to see a championship on your home floor. It just, in pro sports, these best of fives, best of sevens, just the way the numbers play out, more often than not, it's decided on the road. It's not, you know, decided at home. But give that team credit. You know, they fought adversity. Down 12. 
I'm like, you know, well, we're coming back. We're going to be scampering from uh, the Westgate on Friday to get over to Mandalay Bay for game five. And we don't have to worry about that. Tell me about it. I got a I got a relaxing evening tonight for the first time in a long time. And believe me, all of that was going through my head, yeah. all of it. And again, you know, being there the whole week and, you know, grateful that we were able to to do the shows from the Barclays Center all week leading up to it. And, of course, games broadcasting games three and four. But, man, especially the way game three, you know, unfolded with the injuries to Chelsea Gray and Kia Stokes. Um, yeah, there, there weren't a lot of people that gave the Aces much of a chance except Becky Hammond and that entire team. And talking to Becky at practice the day before uh, in between, you know, games uh, three and four, uh, she was confident as could be. She used the, the phrase, she goes... Like, how confident are you? She goes, I'm confident as blank. <laughs> and she really was. And it wasn't until talking with her and people within the organization that I began to feel confident as well, too. And when they started to say, listen, Kayla George is going to get extended minutes and she's going to start. And I know what you were thinking. <laughs> I know what you were thinking. And in my mind, too. But when she broke it down and explained it, it made a lot of sense. And her reasoning was, obviously, they don't have a lot of size, as we know. She goes, we don't need Kayla George to come in here and, 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 and be this great scorer. We need her to play defense on John Quall Jones. And she's right. That Kayla George is stronger and bigger and stronger than Kia Stokes. So for her to be able to match up with John Quall Jones, if she has to give up some fouls, okay, so be it. But she did. She bodied John Quall Jones up. Now, she didn't have a great shooting night. I think, you know, before she, she hit a couple shots, she was one for her first seven. And, you know, that wasn't going, you know, really well. But for the most part, she stayed out of foul trouble. She didn't turn the ball over uh, offensively. And she played a key role. And for the first time that she started this year in a game, first time she's ever started in a playoff game, in her WNBA career, because again, remember she's had a little bit of a WNBA career, but mostly her success has been in the Australian Basketball League. They call the NBL there. But Becky says she's a pro. She's nearly 30 years old. She's played in big-time games. She's been in Olympics. So she's going to be okay. So that was one factor. And then the move of putting Alicia Clark basically full-time on Brianna Stewart. And then Becky also said that we're going to junk it up. You're going to see 2-3 zone. You're going to see maybe a box and one. And then she had something underneath her, her, her sleeve there, and I asked her that in the pregame show, or I actually said it to her in the pregame show, and she was just so confident, and then she used the phrase about, you know, sharks, I'm a shark expert, and this and that, and all that starts going out of that. And I said, listen, I know you've got something up your sleeve. And, and then, you know, she had told me about this, this defense that she basically created on the fly, and she went over with the team in the hotel. And they said, we're going to do what? I mean, we, we've never done this. We haven't practiced this. She goes, trust me. She goes, we're going to totally junk this thing up, and we're going to continue to give them all these different looks. And it was kind of a combination of a, like a matchup zone. And basically, when Courtney Vandersloot had the ball, there would never be a double team on her. Never. Okay? But when Jones, Stewart, or Inescu had the ball, they would blitz and trap. And they would just need to get backside help. 
and it confused the Liberty so much that um, it was a perfect game plan. It was perfect execution by the Aces. You go to the final possession, we just heard the call. It was they left Courtney Vandersloot, you know, open, but Jack Young got there enough to bother her, and that was the person that you wanted to take the shot because Vandersloot has choked in big situations. You go back to 2018, you go back to the, the, the playoff game. Courtney Vandersloot's the one that turned it over, and Dierka Hamby intercepted and hit the half-court buzzer beater against the Chicago Sky to give the Aces the first playoff victory. So the right person was uh, was definitely taking the shot, and they got the ball out of Stewie's hands. So that was, that was beautiful. But this is why Becky Hammond is the best coach in the WNBA. If you go back and you look, and I went back when I got home last night to, to watch the, the game back, and especially the final couple of possessions. And again, you know, I can't hear what's happening in the huddle. I'm at midcourt right there. And to hear Sandy Brondello in that final huddle when she took the timeout with eight seconds to go, it was a mess. There was no leadership. There was no confidence, and she, if you listen that very carefully, she kept like going back and forth and changing her mind. I don't think she had an idea what she wanted to do, and that was the difference between her and Becky Hammond. Sandy Brodell is a great coach. She gets a lot of accolades, you know, two-time champion with the Phoenix Mercury back in the day, but you need that calmness. You know, you need that, that cohesiveness, and you need that belief from your team. Bottom line is this. The Liberty did not have that belief that they were going to win. They didn't have the belief in their coach. They didn't have the belief. And I know they would deny all that, but I'm just saying yeah. from, from a guy who's seen enough of this team and this league over the years that it looked like total chaos in that huddle. And then with Becky, like you said, with six you know players, really, um, it was just a phenomenal job. But that's why she should have been the coach of the year this year. Travesty that she wasn't. And... That's why she's the highest paid coach in the league. It was just phenomenal to see how she orchestrated it, how they believed. The team believed in her. She believed in them. And uh, it really made that celebration great. I know what you're saying. Everybody wants to, you know, hey, well, let's win at home. Yeah. You don't want to challenge that. No. You don't want to take take that. And, and for people, we hear it all the time. Say, like, oh, don't you think they're going to, like, you know, just kind of take it easy, take one. You know, not so much, so much in this series, but you hear yeah. it in sports all the time. No, you don't do that. And especially the best three out of five. When you haven't won on that floor, you haven't won in that building, and it starts to get in your head because you're blown out. It's the first close game we had. First time the visiting team won, and it was all aces. It was, and to me, when she came up, one, Vandersloot did take more shots in, in this game than she did the other ones because that was the game plan, and she was the high scorer for the Liberty, <coughs> but you want her to be the one <coughs> to beat you. Mm. The situation that surprised me, not surprised, give her credit. Becky changed her identity completely. Not only on the off, you know, defensive side of the ball, but this is like a, a boxer that's a southpaw. You, you you train, you train, you train. You're you're you've trained the whole time leading up to the fight for a lefty, and he comes out and he's throwing, he's coming out leading with his right. She changed the identity. They worked every possession deep into the shot clock. That is not. The Aces. The Aces is a team. They move up and down the floor. Number one They're in pace. Yep. It, Number it, one in scoring. She, yep. she totally changed that, which made this game, when you say, you know, junk it up, yuck it up, 
it made it an ugly game. And it made that you had to make these half-court uh, presses, you know, your plays, you had to execute them and give them credit. When they fell behind by 12, any other team would have, uh-oh, okay, maybe we better maybe we better change this up. You know, stop stop with what we're doing because we're down double digits and change right now. She stuck to the game plan. They believed in it. And for Kayla George, I'm just happy for her for what she did in that game. And yeah, when she started 1-7, you know, is like, oh boy, you know, because we haven't seen the offensive production yep. from the bench at all. And she ends up getting 11 points. Those 11 points were key. Now, Kelsey Plum, I thought would have a lower scoring night because I thought her role was going to be too much more pressure on her handling the ball, you know, and doing what she normally does and what Gray usually does. She had to be like, you know, both take on both roles there. Uh, so she had one of her lower uh, playoff productions, which the first three games, her and Jackie Young were the two catalysts to this team. But the old reliable, <laughs> when you needed her most, she, you know, she took that team on her back in, what was it, nine straight points yeah. that she scored at one, one period of that game uh, for the Aces. And, yeah, that's the real MVP. Yep. And... How about poetic justice of giving her the finals MVP? Yeah. Kind of what we saw last year with Chelsea Gray. Chelsea Gray had the final, got the finals yeah. most valuable player because she was messed over, you know, the all-star snub and all that other kind of stuff. And it was like, yeah, uh, poetic justice for that. But game four, aces undermanned, undersized. Like I said, not one in that building, which was a big deal. 0-3 in front of 17,000-plus makeshift lineup. But the character, the determination, and the belief that they've had in one another, you can't underestimate that. Down 12 points. They come back in the fourth quarter. Just phenomenal. And what Asia Wilson did in that game was just an exclamation point of why she should have been the most valuable player. Not finishing third. Not a ridiculous fourth place vote. Again, she had a historic season. Historic season. She had the best season. Now think about this. Talked about it before. I'm going to say it again. She had the best season from a statistical standpoint of any player in league history in 27 years. So poetic justice. She deserved the most valuable player for the regular season. She deserved the MVP for this finals. And the accomplishments that this team made in this 2023 season was historic. And people need to be reminded about this. Okay? If you're not even a WNBA fan, or you're a casual sports fan, I don't care. And and it's funny because those people that were anti-WNBA, they're quiet now. But I don't know how how much people have have gotten on board the train or whatever. And if, if you got on board, great. If you're not that, that's up to you. That's fine. But realize what this team is all about. All right? This team won 42 of 49 games overall. They were 42-7 and seven regular season and postseason combined. They were 25-1 and one on the home floor. Incredible. Incredible. 25-1. 42-7 overall. They were 8-1 and one in the playoffs. Their average victory margin in the playoffs was 15 points. 
15 points, an average victory margin for them. People be people need to know, people need to be reminded not only how good this team is, but how great they were. What a historic season. Back-to-back in any sport is so difficult. And Becky Hammond and every player just had said it over and over. The adversity that they had to go through on the court, off the court. Kelsey Plum is being ripped through social media with a lot of people because she's, you know, she said it. She said, hey, you guys don't know what we've been through. And, you know, the New York Liberty have gone through, we went through, never, and I called out John Quell Jones. You know, I'm calling out John Quell Jones. <laughs> calling out Sabrina Nescu. I, I talked about it yesterday when Chris Wynn was filling in for me and he had me on that at the top of the show yesterday when I was at the airport that uh, the New York Liberty got fined $25,000 because they did not adhere to the you know, media requirements of having players available in the postseason or, or postgame. So they got Sandy Brondello and Brianna Stewart in there, and they brought Courtney Vandersloot in because John Quell Jones and Sabrina Nescu were supposed to be up there with Brianna Stewart, and they refused. So they got fined individually, only $2,000, but it is what it is, $25,000 a team. But it just goes to show you how embarrassed and humiliated they were. And you want to talk about they're throwing shade at Kelsey Plum, saying she's classless. That's classless. You don't do that. You suck it up, and you face the music, and you face the media. And it goes back to what I said before about John Quall Jones. I told you. I sat there and talked with The Aces have been in her head forever. She can't beat the Aces. Can't win a championship. You know, with... She could do it in Connecticut, couldn't do it here with, with the Liberty. And now the talk in New York over the last, you know, 36 hours or so has been like, oh, what do you do now? Do you break up this team? Uh, you know, Brianna Stewart's going to be a free agent, you know, you know, pretty soon. What are you going to do with her? So they're all of that talk. And the Aces are just saying, you know, hey, everybody wants to be, come to Las Vegas. They do. Free agency, they want to come play here. But the Aces not ne- don't necessarily want everybody or anybody to join them. They're very happy with this chemistry. And sure, do they need some, you know, more uh, inside production, you know, going, you know, look going forward? Yeah, they definitely do. Do they need a stronger bench? Yeah, there'll probably be some changes. There is every year, especially with a 12-man roster. But the Aces never had a 12-man roster. They had a 10-man roster, 10-person roster. They had an 8-person roster in Game 4. Uh, so people need to know the greatness of this team and what they accomplished this year. And not only is this good for Las Vegas, not only is it good for the Aces and the WNBA, this is good for sports. Those two teams, budding rivalry, the television ratings, the biggest ratings, most viewers in the history of the league, all four games. Well, we, we said it at the beginning, TC. You couldn't have scripted a better finals for the two teams that ended up there. And we knew early on in the season that, you know, when New York was separating themselves from Connecticut, that it was going to be the Aces and it was going to be the Liberty. And that's what we wanted. You want to see the two best on the stage. You know, obviously, when we lose two players for the, you know, the key game, game four, you never want to see a finals decided by injuries. You, you want everybody, you want all hands on deck. And, you know, yeah, it looked, it looked horrible for the Aces on paper because they weren't supposed to do what they did. And, you know, Brianna Stewart, you know, you talk about her being a free agent. 
she was MIA in three of the four games. Okay, I, I mean, I'm trying to be kind about it. Um, how, 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 how much have I talked about that over the course of this entire year yeah. that she doesn't show up against the Aces? Yeah. The parade is on Monday, 5 p.m., and a little different parade route. So we'll let you know about that. And uh, the parade actually will take a different route than last year. And so we'll go over that with you here real quick, just uh, so you're aware of that. The parade will actually begin. Now, due to the construction of Las Vegas Boulevard, that's why there are plenty of changes here. And I can't. when we were talking about this after uh, the championship, Marco, I was going, how, how are we going to have a parade with all this construction? <laughs> you know, right? But, um, yeah, so due to construction... Uh, and to make the celebration more accessible for fans, uh, the route will be different than last year. Remember, last year went straight down Las Vegas Boulevard and uh, ended up there in front of the Bellagio. So the procession will begin at Tropicana in Las Vegas Boulevard at 5 p.m. It'll continue southbound, the southbound lane of Las Vegas Boulevard, up to Park Avenue. Then we'll turn left into Park Avenue, and then we'll conclude at Toshiba Plaza at T-Mobile Arena. Fans are asked to gather along the parade route along Las Vegas Boulevard and Park Avenue and join the team in the celebration at Toshiba Plaza. So again, it'll begin at 5 o'clock on Monday, and due to construction, much different route than last year, starting at Tropicana Las Vegas Boulevard, go up southbound lane of Las Vegas Boulevard on the Strip to Park Avenue, and then turn left into Park Avenue, and it'll conclude at Toshiba Plaza there at uh, T-Mobile Arena. So it'll kind of be kind of like the Golden Knights where, you know, you'll have the, the stage out there like that. So uh, look forward to that. All right, but just uh, putting a wrap on everything, just a fantastic year, great celebration. Uh, I was working on about three hours sleep, you know, and then <laughs> you know, afterwards, but uh, all good. But I think when it was all said and done, just to like to put a bow and put a wrap on this, uh, everything that the Aces have endured from the injuries to the lawsuits to the suspension that the league handed out to Becky Hammond, they overcame everything, stayed together as a unit. And I think Sidney Colson just said it best at the end of the game. I believe that anybody. Sidney Colson with some of the most incredible minutes. Thank you, Holly. I got something to say, though. People wanted to count us out. Because we had two of our starters down, but they don't know we got some dogs on this team. So I got two words to say. Night-night! They're no night-night. Now, where night-night comes from? From Sabrina Nescu. You remember that? Because she did the little night-night thing. Oh. And, uh, yeah. Uh, I mentioned Sabrina Nescu find because you did not show up at the post-game press conference. I've always liked Sabrina. Very first time I met her, she came up and introduced herself to me. I was talking to Mark Davis, and she came up. She goes, hi, I'm Sabrina. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know who you are. And uh, she loves Las Vegas because, you know, she her fiancé is an offensive lineman for the Raiders. And uh, I always thought in the back of my mind, she could end up here sometime. But now I don't know. Sabrina Nescu, she claimed to have her shoes stolen, if you remember, <laughs> yes. in the locker room, right? We were talking about that on this trip, too. It was like, who knows if she even had those shoes. I don't know what that was all about. But I don't know if they showed this on TV or not. I think they did. But she was vomiting during the timeout in the, the fourth I was quarter. eating my wings. As you're <laughs> I'm like, they showed it on the big screen, uh, someone holding a garbage can in front of her. Yes, that was... a bucket of chicken. <laughs> I'll be having my chicken tonight or tomorrow. Maybe both nights. I'll tell you that, my friend. 
too funny though. Too funny. But um, yeah, just a, a great season all the way around. All right, on the show today, we will continue on and we'll talk uh, college football. We'll go over the key matchups, NFL next hour as well, too. And, of course, our best bet segment, uh, Trevor Match, will be joining us with that. So uh, it is a football Friday, as we know, Marco. But, yeah, we can officially turn the page from the WNBA. It's been a fantastic season going back you know, to the, uh, the last week in May to the you know, second week in October here. Actually, third week of October. But uh, what a season it was. And I appreciate you uh, putting up with all of the WNBA talk and joining me with it, and especially joining me at the games and everything. I really appreciate that. Yeah, you've kind of forced me to be a WNBA <laughs> expert. <laughs> like expert. Said, okay, uh, yeah. Well, you know. So extru- the way you're betting it, you, maybe oh. you could uh, call yourself. You, know, oh, you and yeah. Scott Sprites are uh, WNBA experts. I think both of you guys had, had your best WNBA betting seasons. It was, you know, in – if you, like I said, if you'd have told me ten years ago that I would be at WNBA games talking about WNBA games, I would ask you, you know, what recreational uh, drug you might have been on here in Vegas because I never thought I would see that day. And I'm to the point, and um, Mrs. has enjoyed it so much that uh, we are talking about getting season tickets next year. There you go. So good. Good, as you should, as you should. No, it's a great, it's a great product. Anybody who's been uh, can attest to it. It's just uh, fantastic. And, the core and, and still great here. to see everybody embrace it. And the core is still here. That was that was the thing that you, you know, beat the drum at the beginning of this year, that they've got to keep players locked up for a few years. And yeah. that's why it's so hard to repeat, because too often when you have a championship year, there's always a couple free agents that, you know, would hit the, the open market and go to the highest bidder. We had them locked up before they won the first championship. Right. So right. that's kind of, that's kind of cool. Mark Davis, uh, so happy, and again uh, being there. He stayed in New York the entire time, not flying back. He he's, he stayed there the entire time, and I know he had a really worried look on his face uh, up until the fourth quarter. But uh, so happy for him, and he was just a you know joy, just kind of like sitting in the back there at the press conference, and of course he got on the floor and they did the the presentation. Um, Don't forget the dance move. And the dance move as well, too. Yeah. Yeah. You know what was so weird? And um, and I talked about this, I think, on on Wednesday's show. That, you know, I was there for the rehearsal. They have a ceremony rehearsal, how to, you know, that they, that they run through. And I was at the rehearsal last year in Connecticut, you know, setting up the, you know, equipment just you know being there and, and, and watch them go through this it was a big difference between last year's rehearsal ceremony and this year's so they did it after game three remember the aces were up two games to one and the way they the, the reason they do it they do it for television so then they have scripts like okay uh and they don't have holly rose show up this early and they're not going to have the coaches or mark davis show up early but so they have people stand in from them well the people that are standing in are from the WNBA and the New York Liberty. <laughs> and they gave them the script. And they refused to say, congratulations, the Las Vegas Aces. So they read the script and they inserted winning team. <laughs> now, last year was not that way. The people in Connecticut were just said, okay, you know, it's Las Vegas Aces. And they go, and now we like to present the MVP award to insert and, and like, Chelsea Gray, or and they would say person name, Asia Wilson, whoever it is, right? They're going, um, player, you know, just like, 
most valuable player. They refused to say that because in their mind, they were so distraught with the aces and they thought they were going to win. And I, I swear, I wanted to just jump up and say, do you know why you're rehearsing this? You're rehearsing this if the aces win the game. It's for them because if the Liberty win, you're not you're not celebrating. Right. Now game five would be different here. Right. But if they had a game five and the series tied two two, then it's like insert winning team. But you're going through this rehearsal for the aces. I never knew that they did rehearsals for the, the presentation. I yeah. know that when it's it is a closeout game, they always have. You'll see them will the champagne. Yes, you know, and the case, t-shirts yeah, you know, and all be, that stuff. You know, yeah, yeah. It, you know, and it's. The funny thing is, you know, people. A lot of people don't realize it. And um, my first wife worked in uh, department store retail. Both teams have the shirts already printed. The, you know, you have it. So whoever wins, they, you know, obviously they're donning them on the court. You see, and then. So that means there's there's one fan base that those shirts are useless that you know they end up shipping them somewhere yeah. or or selling them in bargain bins for you know. Well, that wasn't the case. Like I said, yeah. they only had to print up Aces shirts yeah. because now if we would have gone to Game Five, yeah. then you would have to yeah. print up Liberty shirts as well too. No need for that. Nope. Nope. Save the printing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great season, fantastic season, and it'll culminate with the parade on Las Vegas Boulevard coming up on Monday. All right, my friend, Major League Baseball playoffs. Let's talk a little ALCS. And I'll say one thing that I love um, uh, about my tag team partner, Marco D'Angelo, here. Because I don't know if it's just his East Coast roots or, you know, downtown Pittsburgh or whatever, but he's a great bookie. <laughs> because when I'm away, when I'm out of state, I can't, I can't wager and I can't bet. And I had talked about it, you know, on the air and with you, you know, privately and everything. It's just like, I really love the Houston Astros, even though they're down two games to none, because they're going on the road. They're the best road team in baseball. We're going to get great value, and you're going to get into that Rangers pitching staff of starters three and four, and, of course, that horrendous bullpen. So give me the Houston Astros. And uh, so Marco had to put wagers in for me, and uh, I appreciate that. And um, I know I was down a little bit with my bookie, and I I was I was really you know hesitant to – to bet anymore, but you know, I said, okay, let's let's go. And, and and he shows up today, and he's paying me off like the bookie. I appreciate that, my friend. Hey, what can I say? Yeah, I was with you on the last two Houston plays, and, and are you with me today? Uh, I did not play the first game. I'm involved in the second game. Okay, I, I am in the second game. And be honest with you, I told you, I, I joked about it. I went into the playoffs on a, a roll. I, I yep. hit 17 out of my last 23 plays. I didn't have a winner in the baseball playoffs until we got into the divisional series. Now, I don't play every game. You know, I spot play. But the playoffs were not good to me so far. Today, I'm going for my fourth win in a row, knock on wood. So, let's you know, we got got a handle on it. But those three-game series that end up being sweeps, the, those generally never work out well for me because, yeah, I don't want to say I use zigzag in, in baseball, but it was just the pitching matchups that – we got, you would have thought that teams would have even the series. Well, yeah. They didn't. And, you know, it was just one of those, you know, odd first rounds and even into the second round where you, you had teams dominate in, especially Texas. Texas was a team, you know, I did a show at, at Wager Talk the other day and I gave a play. I had the right side. I gave the winner. I gave out Houston on the show and I said, full disclosure, 
The Texas Rangers in this playoffs have been a royal pain in my you know what. Okay, <laughs> yeah. you know, but I said I'm going against them today. This is you know the, the spot, and you know the Astros delivered, and you know they delivered again last night. This is a pivotal game. We know in seven game series. When you're 2-2, the team that wins game five yeah. is going to go on to win the series the majority of the time. So this this is big. And I don't know about you. Are you a fan of the 2-3-2 format? You know what? I go both ways on it. I go both ways. I, I like it from a travel perspective that you don't and have to. That's the to. only reason we have it yeah, is the, because of that. Yeah, and it gives us one less day off, which I like that. It gives us more, more baseball. So I think sportsbook directors like it. And for planning my trips, which I'm, all, I'm in the process now of planning my World Series trip, and this is the thing I want to talk to you about too. Um, like last year and the year before, I had to plan like maybe two separate trips, games one and two, and then game six and seven. Well, the Astros aren't going to have a home field advantage. So I'm planning on going three, four, and five. You know, yes, I'm looking... Ahead that they are going to get past Texas, but uh, but yes, um, but the Astros are a great road team. Like I, I've pound, pounded that pounded that drum before, and again, it's what they do in Texas. Uh, this team, what uh, you know, eight and one in in that ballpark, and the Jordan Montgomery thing. I really love Verlander today because Verlander usually doesn't lose to an opponent twice in a row. He. Pitched well enough to win, and that two nothing loss made a couple two pitching mistakes, and, and that was it. But the Astros left tons of runners on base. They made contact against Jordan Montgomery, and as I've said before, I'm just not on that Jordan Montgomery train. I'm not, and especially a lot has been made about his matchup with the left-handers in Jordan Alvarez and um, Kyle Tucker. You give Jordan Alvarez time. To go back and look at that video, you're not going to strike him out three times. So first at bat, what happens today? Boom, bullet to right center field. He's going to get you. And Tucker will get you. And Kyle Tucker's had the flu. A lot of people probably don't know that, but he's been, been a little under the weather. But Verlander looks good today. I like him in this spot. And, again, I thought there was great value with the Astros again today. Yeah, I stayed off of it. Texas, surprisingly, this year, because this was a, a day game, uh, they they're 16 games over 500 day games this year, which actually throw that out the me. window. They cannot. This team in the orange is in their head, <laughs> just like the Las Vegas Aces or the New York Liberty's head. End of story, my friend. Oh, okay. And and they've been getting dominated every year, including this year, on their home field. They have. I can't. Argue they beat the with Astros you. one time on their home field. Regular season and postseason. Oh, and by the way, the home team has not had a lead in this series. In any of the that's mind, five games, that's right absolutely mind boggling. That crazy? When you think about that. Yeah, yeah. One team's what? been there before, over and over. I can say it's seven times, and one team hasn't. So this is true. We'll see how that is. Jay Cornegay is in the house. He's been he been, he had a line full of people. Do you see that signing autographs over there? You're a superstar, my friend. You're just taking your sweet time. You're mm-hmm. you know you're, you're signing autographs. Do you just do a JK? How do you do that? What do you do? I don't feel tardy, first of all. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, oh, man. That's I was a, like, oh. You don't feel tardy, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Uh, proof. 
Uh, I'm trying to disguise guilty. it. I'm guilty. trying to disguise it. Guilty. Then you're signing autographs, and uh, then you're coming yeah. full disclosure here. Yeah. No. Full disclosure. You were yeah. worried he wasn't signing contracts, that he was signing <laughs> comps, and they weren't yours. I said <laughs> autograph. Uh, I didn't say contracts. You, you, you said autograph. Okay. He has to put his autograph he on, does. That, on, he does. on that comp. Uh-huh. He's got a great signature. Yeah. yeah. I know that signature. Yeah. You know it well. <laughs> <laughs> my guy. <laughs> uh, if it's an 8x10, it's my full name. Right. Okay. If it's a ball, it's just initials yeah all right it's my, my age uh, i am a little i don't want to say Uh-oh. disappointed oh how come i don't see any green and gold with you the rams are in town yes the they colorado are. state rams are yeah. in town i want to know i know you're going to the game where are those seats you got a tailgate party you got your <laughs> brothers coming down from colorado springs yeah. you got a party going what's happening yeah. i got my the rest of my family you know went to unlv well, that's so true. They're all that's true. decked out, ready to go. All right. you know, they're on this. Hey, I root for the Rebels, except for when they play CSU. Huh. Then it's kind of an uncomfortable game for me because yeah. I just want. I, I've been out here for many years now, thirty plus years. I usually root for whoever can benefit the most with the victory. Right. And right now it's the Rebels. So I'm still going to wear gold and green, that puke green that everybody <laughs> loves. And uh, root for my Rams, but I don't mind. I like, you know, yes, I took the eight. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're all taking the eight. Yeah? I think we're all taking the eight. You know, open seven, and it went right to seven and a half, and there was some sharp money that pushed it to seven and a half, then to eight, and then we also took sharp money at plus eight down to seven and a half. Mm -hmm. So sharps are on both Mm -hmm. sides. Maybe they were just trying to pump up the number, you know. You know, I, I respect. The bookmakers. I, I, I really do. But sometimes I really wonder what is going on here. Oh, uh, you're I, like my GM. <laughs> <laughs> How do you make UNLV an eight-point favorite? More than a touchdown. Colorado State has better talent on both sides of the football. Okay? They're, they're, they're bigger. No, they do, Jay. They, you watch what happens. Okay. I mean, I don't know. why You can't. Five and one? This five and one. And I love UNLV. I'm, like I said, I... Go Rebels. My daughter, alum, my, you know, support the Rebels. I love yeah. Barry Odom. I really do. But they have no business being an eight-point favorite. They don't over anybody. Yeah. Well, Rebel are maybe the over Rams, Bryant. Rams have been a little inconsistent. You know, they, you know, they jumped up to a seventeen-point lead at Utah State, and then they lose by twenty in that game. Something like. But they're capable like. of scoring. Well, they're, they're capable. They, yeah. Everybody's capable. But UNLV actually has, I think, a pretty strong offensive side. Mm-hmm. You know. They're making plays on that side. I don't know about their line. Um, I don't know, but they have some playmakers that are making plays. And uh, I know that the the defensive line, the defensive uh, front for CSU is very strong. In fact, I think he was named, Kamara was named uh, Defensive Player of the, the Week. The conference, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, big guy. That's a, yeah, real strong body. They can play some really good defense. But CSU makes too many mistakes. They... They go down. They have some good stats. If you look at their line, they have some good stats. But they're the type of team that goes all the way down to the 10-yard line, fumbles. <laughs> that's that's the problem. Yeah. I think they. I don't think they have any problem moving the football against UNLV. No, I don't think so. Either. And like I say, it, it could be a 45, you know, 35 game. Marco, what's like the total to total total on that game? I uh, gotta look that up. If I was, yeah, only, I don't if know. I was only I was vice just, president of yeah, the Superbook yeah. is asking you what the total is. I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sign autograph. Sixty one. Yeah, yeah. sixty one. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Somewhere on there. Yeah. The uh, 
my concern with the UNLV side, this is a team that scored 40-plus in every game except the Michigan game, obviously, you know, going to the big house of playing. They're coming off playing Nevada last week, and they got Fresno State next week, who clearly is the class of the Mountain West this year. That's my uh, – I want to go to – the UNLV side, but that's what's keeping me from from doing that, and it makes it a good spot for Colorado State if UNLV comes up flat. Mm-hmm. And in the past, this would be an automatic flat spot for UNLV, but this is a different coaching regime. Let's see if they can avoid that. All right, sticking to the Saturday slate here, Jay, what do yes. you got as far as a moving and shaking with uh, uh, the top games here? Are we seeing some, some line movement action? Where's the money at? No, not too much. I mean, you know, the big game is highlighted in the morning. At 9 o'clock start, once again, Yeah. you know, Ohio State laying four and a half at home against Penn State. Um, again, disappointed at the 9 a.m. start. At least 1230. Right. Give these guys out here in the West, all right, time to wake up, shake off the cobwebs, and be able to bet, you know, some of these early games. And But that has uh, like a 5 p.m. Pacific start yeah. all over it, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. <laughs> I, do. Maybe not 5, but at least 1230. 5, well, yeah. that means, you know, what, 8 o'clock out there? Yeah, that's prime is time. Ohio, is Ohio in the Eastern? Eastern yeah. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that or the 1230, 330, yeah, yeah. it makes it 9 in the morning. A lot of I sense. mean, that's an Ohio State-Indiana time slot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Not Penn State. They do this all the time. The Penn State-Michigan game in a I few know. weeks that I'm going to is 12 noon. I thought for sure, because we bought those tickets way before the season. Yeah. You know, It was a trip planned with my nephews. And I said, that's got to be a night game, and that's got to be the whiteout. you got Michigan coming to town. What, what, but no, they had the whiteout is the <laughs> Iowa game. Okay, so I'm a size extra large. <laughs> you know, for, for a Penn State shirt, you know, I, I don't have a Penn State shirt, so you know what I'm I don't. You know what I don't have from you? Uh, I don't have a Las Vegas Aces shirt from yeah. you, a Houston Astro shirt from you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, can you I, say anything? You never asked me. Yeah. <laughs> you never asked me for. Well, you yeah. know I'm a two X. You can you can just bring it in and sur- you know okay. surprise your bookend. I, you sometime. know what? I, I can get you a Superbook shirt. <laughs> I've got tons of those I have access Aww. to in the back. Those are great. Is it a buzzer? Yeah. Well, I know, yeah. Okay. What are you doing with that? You yeah. see how I, he appreciates me, Jay? Wow. No, no, no. Here's the reason why the buzzer. Okay. Because you wouldn't be giving him the shirt. <laughs> Jay would be Jay giving, would be giving yeah, yeah, yeah. him. Jay would give you the shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say Jay's me giving up. me authorization. Can yeah. I get away with that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, TC, you're in charge of T-shirts. <laughs> Marco, take six. <laughs> well, we haven't seen any movement on that game you too haven't? much. No, okay. just uh, but both sides. Can, but we did. I feel uh, that line's sharp. Little, I feel that line's a little low. I, I want to play Penn State, but I think it should be getting a little bit more. I don't we know. don't know, but yeah. what do you I, know about Penn State at this I, moment? That's the problem. I know, I know, I know. On paper, but that's why I thought we'd be getting more because they really haven't beaten anybody as of yet. That's why I thought we might get a you know six on, or seven on paper. Maybe a this, six. This defense is insane, but again, they, they have played, not yeah. faced an they haven't yeah. faced an offense like they're going to face on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of those ones for me that I will watch this game mm-hmm. because you're going to learn more about these two teams for the rest of the season off of this game because right. it's really this is the big. Yes, Ohio State had Notre Dame, and we saw they struggled with Notre Dame until. 
the final possession. They scored on the final play of the game. I know. I'm, I'm not a believer yeah. in Ohio State. Uh, uh, Sharps? Love, yeah. I love uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, he's fantastic. Yeah. Best wide receiver yeah. in college football. But still, I think there's questions with the quarterback situation and, and the defense. So, I don't know. Jay, what about Utah and USC? Trojans, seven-point favorites. Yeah, definitely some sharp money on USC. I opened at five and a half, uh, pushed it up to seven, and it's been holding there at seven. We've seen some sharp plays out there. They, they're betting against Wake Forest again. Wake Forest has some quarterback problems, and I don't know if it's a second th- or third string quarterback that might start against Pitt tomorrow, but um, not too good there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ohio's been getting some sharp money as well. That opened, I believe, 15, got up to as high as 17, pushed it back down to 16 and a half. And Missouri is another one. Missouri's a, a kind of a sharp guy play this week. As I believe it opened six and a half, uh, pushed it up over seven. So, some some decent sharp plays out there, but it, they weren't really on I mean, outside that USC game. Uh, you know, they didn't touch that Penn State Ohio State game, but some sharp plays have been out there. Some some good sharp money coming in. You know who's on Mizzou? Our very own Mike Tice. That's one of his best bets. On Mizzou? Mm. On Mizzou. Makes me feel better with South Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, who owes who dinner on that uh, yeah. trade? Are you guys straight up on that yet? Well, I I got him, the, I got him the first week. I think he got me the second yeah. week. So okay. I'll, I'll tell you where I lost a lot this week. Yeah. Laying Liberty at one and a half, <laughs> two, two and a half, three, yeah, three and a half. Yeah, I was all over I I thought for sure this was going to go to five games. Yeah. I thought for sure. You know, yeah. I just didn't see it. I just thought they would. That's why he's not asking for a championship T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had back-to-back losses before. Yeah. Yeah. Game I got to ask you about, obviously because of the Uh-oh. total, but the side too, the Iowa Minnesota game. That is the lowest total that I, I can remember, and we've had some low totals oh. on Army Navy games. And this is 30 and a half. I was going to say, it's probably similar because you probably have combined 20 passes in this game. It's going to be run, run, run. Yeah, I think that's going to be a running clock, actually. (laughs) (laughs) But 30 and a half. Yeah. At what point, when you're setting a number, you know, we know, you know, where do you have to, you have to have a a floor. You, You know, I mean. We saw it in baseball for years. You you never got off that six and a half. Six and a half was as low yeah. as we ever saw a baseball total. Then you know because of the dominant pitchers, we started seeing some sixes you know out there. And I think we even had one five and a half. Uh, very you know vague remembering that. But for football, thirty and a half in today's. You're right. I think the landscape. lowest total yeah. like with the Army Navy we've seen is like was a thirty four and a half or yeah. something like yeah. that. You know. Yeah, I. I some people thought this thing was going to come right in around 34, 33 and a half, and we were like, "Oh gosh, it might, it might not come that, you know, that wow. uh, that high actually." So we were like thinking it was going to be maybe 32, 31 and a half, 30, 30 and a half. That's the lowest total I can remember Basically, in a long, long time. Tempted to play the over yeah. just for the sake of playing it, right? Like, yeah. oh, maybe I'll get a stupid talk score. Talk to everybody that has done that in the Army-Navy game the last, what, decade oh, yeah. or, or more? <laughs> they just <laughs> Do you remember those old Oral Hershiser games when he had that streak going? Yeah. And it yeah. Was, some of those totals were like five, right. five and a half. I mean, we haven't seen anything like that since. <laughs> but uh, I remember uh, I saw him in a restaurant. Um, you know, a couple months ago, it was like, yes, I go, I want a lot of money off you. 
<laughs> and what was his response? And, no, he was, he was saying, fantastic, because I usually hear the other side. All right. <laughs> That's great. All right. He is Jay Cornegate. You know, uh, you're more than welcome to join us uh, for the next segment when we talk some yeah, NFL. Yeah, I'll stick around. Since around. you're a little tardy. But if you've got you know, being held after that school. Way. If, you've, if you've got people to attend to and you know, you got a line full of people that you'd like yeah. to go shake hands and kiss yeah. babies with, we totally understand that. I have a legitimate man. excuse, and I'll tell you the next segment. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh, that, oh, that's gosh. what we call a tease. Oh. There you go. <laughs> now, the kind of tease that you two guys are used to, but, you know. Whoa. You know, oh. that's, a, that's a radio tease. It's a radio <laughs> tease. <laughs> All right, we come back. We talk NFL. we got best bets coming up next segment as well. We'll give you our three best college plays, three best NFL plays. It is a Friday. And we are at the Westgate Las Vegas. I'm so glad that we are here today and don't have to deal with the Game 5. We can relax, enjoy our our Aces Championship, and talk some football and some baseball with Jay Cornegay and Marco D'Angelo. Back with more right here, live from the Westgate Las Vegas. (laughs) 